0: Hey everybody, welcome to You Were Born for This, the podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm the executive director of Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything on this podcast related to transforming parishes. As always, I'm here with my co-hosts Nick and Mary. And Nick, what's our what's our topic today?
1: Yeah, Father John, this episode's conversation is around how COVID-19 and the fallout from it is providing a unique opportunity for us all to get clear on our roles in the church. Hmm. And Padre, let's pray into this conversation.
0: Yeah, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Father, we do uh, entrust this time to you right now. We ask for your Holy Spirit to be poured out upon us and upon our brothers and sisters who are listening. Uh, We continue to pray for all the pastors in the church in these days, that you would sustain them, uphold them, uh, give them wisdom and courage, let them to... uh, Help them to know that you are with them, that their lives and the people that they care for are in your hands. Be with all of our brothers and sisters uh, who are on the front lines in this time, uh, all those who are sick and suffering from either COVID or from whatever it is that might be afflicting them. And uh, help us all, especially right now, just to understand that you've given everybody in the church a unique and uh, irreplaceable role accomplish your will, which is to get your world back. So help us to understand how we're supposed to live that out in this podcast. We ask all this in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. So Father John, uh, they're talking about COVID-19 being a a hinge event. And um, it's funny. So at my house, we're kind of having a hinge event right now, right? My wife's pregnant. She's due today. And so a hinge event is something we can't, we can't go back from. And a third baby in our family is something we can't go back from. So (laughs) tell us, Father John, why, why is COVID-19 a hinge event?
0: Yeah. I I just love that term. First of all, you know, I mean, it's a, it's something that once it's taken place um, it's so momentous that you just don't go back from it. Right. So I imagine the first child for you guys was a hinge event or when Steve and Mary, when you guys had a lease, like that's a hinge event, right? You're never just a couple. Again, now you're a family, and I don't care how old your child is, from all I understand, like they're always your child, and you're always just carrying them, right? Um, so big events, right, uh, that have been uh, being talked about a lot lately, g- given what's going on, are things like the Depression, which pretty much none of us remember. Um, World War II, which fewer and fewer of us remember. 9-11 uh, is probably the most uh, mm-hmm. relatable hinge event that most of us have lived through. And now this, and, and I think, you know, the simple point which everybody's trying to make as they talk about what's going on right now is once this happens, you don't go back. So Peggy Noonan, a Wall Street Journal columnist, she had that great image a couple weeks ago where she just said, you know, the America that we walked out of when we went into our homes back in the middle of March is not the America that we're walking back into when we leave our homes or, For those of you who've been fortunate enough already to be able to do that, uh, there's going to be a constant temptation to want to, quote unquote, go back to normal, Hmm. but we're never going back to normal. The the, the fallout of this on every level is life-changing, and its impact is on family life, it's on how we're going to work, and it's certainly, and that's the point of what we do in this podcast, it's certainly going to change forever how we do parish ministry. So we're not getting back together in large groups for who knows how long, but the church still has her mission and the Lord still wants us to be about the work of that mission. And that's why it's so important to understand uh, what it is that we want to try to share in this podcast.
1: Yeah. So this is, this is an opportunity um, to have a course correction, right? Hmm. And for us to be reminded about our unique roles in the church. And so Uh, I mean, first and foremost, right, the role of the clergy and the staff who are, who are in large part leading the parish. And so they have a unique role, which is to equip the saints for the work of ministry.
2: That's, that's right. You know, um, St. Paul, when he was teaching the church in Ephesus, he was talking about the gifts that the spirit brings. And he said, you know, some will be gifted with um, being an apostle and some are prophets and Some are evangelists and some pastors and teachers, but the purpose of the gifts is to equip the saints, and that's you and me, Mick, um, (laughs) for the work of ministry Mm -hmm. and for building up the body of Christ, or as N.T. Wright would say, right, Father John, building for the kingdom.
0: Yeah, and I, I wonder if I can just put a sharper point on that. That's such an awesome passage that, Mary, I know you and I have used so many times in parish ministry together This is gonna sound odd, perhaps, for some people who aren't really familiar with this verse, but it's not the work of the priest to do the ministry. (laughs) Now, let me just explain that. Mm Because it it sounds like um, we don't do anything. No, by all means, we do a lot, right? So our main task is to teach and to uh, sanctify and to govern, right? So we preach the gospel, we celebrate the sacraments, we try to govern the parish and whatnot. But that's all at the service of you, Nick, Mary, and all our lay brothers and sisters, who belong already to the priesthood of the baptized, who by baptism were made priest, prophet, and king, and have a unique role in the church and in the world, right? So oftentimes what we see in parish life is, the priest, and if he's fortunate enough to have a staff, and the last study I, I saw said that the average parish has two and a half staff people in it, which is not That's much of a staff to care for the people, right? Staggering. But so what we expect is this is the old, this is the part that has to get corrected. So Nick, you talked about a course correction being offered by the Lord. The model, the default model of so many parish ministries are Father, and if he's fortunate, the two and a half people who work with him they do the work, we're in the pews, we're the consumers, and we go about our jobs, but I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, like Until Jesus comes back, I'm just trying to be holy, I guess. And that's not accurate. The, the, the priest's task is to preach in such a way and to teach in such a way as to form and equip the lay faithful so that they can not simply grow in holiness, but to do what is uniquely theirs in the world, which as Mary, you just said, is to build for the kingdom, to be agents of sabotage and to evangelize and sanctify.
2: Right. And, and, you know, as we're talking about gifts, you know, typically, you know, <clears throat> those of us sitting in the pews think we're doing the right thing by coming to our pastor, coming with father and say, Hey, father, I got a great idea how about you try, how about you do this? <laughs> right. And the answer is no. How about you do that? Right. So that's, that's why I think it's, you know, um, if you're on staff at a parish, that's why it's so important to help parishioners, those that were pastoring understand what their gifts are by pressing into something like, you know, called and gifted, you know, helping them understand what their gifts are so that they can embrace those gifts so they can do the work because that's the work they're uniquely called to. So that's, something I know that we've done in parish life. And I know many of us are familiar with that.
1: Yeah. So to make this like extremely practical, does, I'm just picturing like the healthcare industry, right? Cause it's so relevant right now. Mm-hmm. So your pastor, his job isn't to go and, and sanctify the healthcare industry, right? His job is to equip you, the nurse, to go bring the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ to the healthcare system, right? You're a doctor. He's trying to equip you so you can go do that. So that's, that's your unique role as a layperson is to go and sanctify the world in that way, to go bring the gospel. And so that's how that works, right? The priest is doing his role so that you as a layperson feel, are ready and able to go and bring, the, bring, bring Jesus where he is not in all right. The industries. Right. So everybody's got a role.
0: Each one's irreplaceable. Simple takeaway from this point is stay in your lane. So pre- <laughs> priests, don't do the work of the lay faithful lay faithful don 't expect the priest to be doing everything, so stay in your lane, or perhaps for some of us get into the lane, like get out of the <laughs> and get driving right so um, step into that role that is uniquely yours now we 've had a chance over these last number of weeks right because we 've been doing so many phone calls with people around the country, different parishes, pastors, some bishops we've've we've, we've been able to note. it seems like there's kind of four different categories. Uh, that more or less make up what's going on in parish life. In other words, parishes seem to be falling into one of these four categories, given what's going on with the pandemic right now. Isn't that right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we we're just talking about this. You know, we think um, yeah, these four categories are, are very simple, right? So some parishes, there's just nothing happening. That's one category. Another category is the pastor's doing everything, right? Like, mm. And, and this is, and this has been so default for the church, right? The, the priest has to do everything, and that is so not the case. So that's another category. Father's doing everything. He's doing masses. He's doing live streams. Doing all that kind of stuff. And there's a third category where it's the pastor and the staff are doing everything, right? It's so again, two and a half people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> God. So I'm sure that some priests are hearing this, going, uh, "I wish I had two and a half people." Um, that said, um, yeah. So the pastor and the staff are doing everything, right? And again, like, stay in your lane. And, and lay people step up. And um, this fourth category is uh, the pastor's doing a lot and the staff's doing a lot, but there's lay people stepping up to do something in the parish, to do something in the community. And that's, and that's, this, that's, the, um, that's the category we, you know, we're trying to move toward, right? Yeah, and, and
0: maybe just an encouragement here as we reflect upon this, it's a good time for us, whether we're a pastor or we're an associate or we're a member of the parish, just to ask, like, which category are we?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and to, con- to consider what can I do in my role to help us get into the next category. So it, maybe nothing's happening. Maybe the church has been locked and nothing's going on. So, you know, maybe we just start thinking about, well, let's open up the church. Let's have it, you know, set aside at designated times, let's have designated areas for people to pray, maybe of exposition, you know, at certain times during the week. I, we've, Talked to so many pastors who are just walking their neighborhoods with the blessed sacrament, mm. or you know, who are out there doing uh, praise and worship in the parking lot, or they're doing benediction from their window, or they're doing drive-up confessions, or they're live streaming masses. I mean, so if I'm doing nothing, let's start doing something. If if the pa- if you're in a parish where father's doing everything just like normal, <laughs> um, start start reaching out to him and go, uh, I would like to help. What can we do? Because a hinge event has just happened. We're not going back. So I got to help us as a parish uh, go through this course correction where everybody's got a part to play. Everybody gets to play. Um, Maybe you're in a parish where it's just the same old, same old father and his two and a half staff people. They're doing everything. So again, if you're just one of the people in the pews, consider reaching out. Let's just try to get to that next level, right?
2: Right. And we're all getting, you know, we're all getting our bearings right now. You know, that whole idea of, you know, the, the, the swinging door, the hinge door, it's only, it only goes one way. There's there, like you said, there's no going back. And I think for us here, we live in Michigan, we're like six, seven, eight weeks into this and we're just getting our bearings. And so if you haven't mobilized to do something, that's okay. Because we're all still trying to figure this out.
0: I'm glad to know that the door only goes one way because uh, I feel like the door keeps swinging back into my face <laughs> every time. Every time I read the next announcement with how much longer we're going to stay at home, because there's mm. three more weeks. This is really frustrating for good. many of us I know, and maybe it is where you are too. But uh, I'm going to try to keep that in mind, Mary, that the door only swings out one way. I try not to let it walk into me. Into so, the head. If I can, I just want to hold up uh, a, a real great brother. uh, Mm-hmm. A classmate of mine, Father Dave Sizemore, is a priest down in Columbus, Ohio, who the people down there I know, know very well from lots of different uh, ministries and his role as pastor of a couple of different pa- parishes. He's just a, a man with uh, tremendous gifts himself personally. Um, and then he's just really, really embodied this principle that we see in the letter to the Ephesians that you were quoting earlier, Mary, of taking seriously the role of equipping the saints for ministry. And so he and I happened to be on the phone the other day, and we were talking about what's going on in his parish. And he's he's this fourth category, at least that's how I heard what he was saying. He's trying to do stuff uh, every week. I mean, he, he he wasn't somebody who told me was you know, like doing live stream or tech, but suddenly he is. He's learned it. People have stepped up and uh, helped provide the equipment that they need, which is a great uh, you know model of both people do it, both uh, the lay faithful and the priests doing what's necessary here. People with some cash and who had the background in technology saw the need. They reached out to him and said, hey, I see what you're trying to do with your iPhone or whatever. Um, We can get better stuff and we can make this top notch. Boom, collaboration between priest and lay, right? So father's doing live streaming of masses. He's doing weekly communications. And then there's the, the care from the parish staff, reaching out to the parish at large, how you doing? And then the people in the pews, a number of them have just kind of presented themselves to Father Dave because he's equipped them so well in his time as pastor, even in this place, which is only a short number of years versus the parish he just left not too long ago. They've already learned from him. Hey, our task is to evangelize and sanctify. We want to help. And so they're doing a whole set of things um, to step into that. I just think it's a beautiful model. So, You know, takeaway here, pastor is seeing his responsibility as I'm going to be in front of my people every week, even if we can't be together. I want to make sure I'm communicating with them, not only things that we need to know about that are happening, that are relevant to the parish or the school perhaps, but more importantly, or at least as importantly, communicating to them from the word of God and preaching in such a way at least once a week where I'm tr- I'm thinking with the mindset of I want to preach to equip you for this new age that we're stepping into where God's trying to correct our understanding that it's not the work of just the ordained or the parish staff to do the work of
1: ministry. In fact, it's the task of the lay people to do that. Yeah, Father John, if I could interrupt real quick, that's, that's so helpful. Um, can you give me an example of like, you know, what that, what that homily might entail, what that, what that preaching, what that teaching might look like to really help lay people kind of start stepping into that role.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome question, brother. So it it really means, I think sometimes anyway, for some of us as priests, we're going to have to start praying a little bit, a little bit differently about the scriptures. So I'm not simply trying to, you know, exegete the passage or give you an understanding of what this would have meant at the time. I want to go into prayer as a pastor with the scriptures, for, especially for Sunday. And I want to be asking the Lord, Lord, help me to see something here to that I can give to the people, that I can feed the people, which will help them in this time be able to do the role that you have called them in a unique way to do. And so maybe more practically, one of the things that we're seeing right now in the news is there's increased concern on how uh, one of the fallouts from covid is this increase in deaths of despair, There's tremendous concern, right? Because of the unemployment levels, most especially, um, that people are turning more to drinking, um, drug abuse is up, and, and these things lead to oftentimes uh, catastrophic results. And so we're surrounded by a culture which, because of what's happening, is anxious and fearful and nervous and worried. Why? because they don't know God. They don't know the Father. They don't know what Jesus has done. They think religion is, is apparently non-essential. <laughs> and they think that faith is just something that we happen to have. It, 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 it's, it helps us to see some things differently, but that's not true. To be a disciple of Jesus is to see everything differently, which means most especially when times are hard, that I'm not anxious or fearful because I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And so I want to preach in such a way as to equip people to step into this anxiety might be from family members or coworkers or neighbors so as to help them encounter Jesus in the gospel and
1: thereby not be anxious. That's great. That's thank you for that. That's so helpful. I think uh, just to kind of, reorient right we're getting we're disorienting days let's just reorient our mind okay what's my what's my role what's my lane where do i need to stay or what lane do i need to get into um so that brings us to the to, the, to now the lay faithful again right so so we don't we should not presume as lay people that father is necessarily going to know <laughs> me and that's and that's and that could be no one's fault right i mean sometimes pastors are are overseeing tens of thousands of people souls in their care so it's impossible for anyone to know the unique gifting of everybody right and so we, one one of the things we want to encourage lay people to do on this pod, on this episode is is to, to step up and make yourself known right so you know your own gifts you know you know your skills and talents and you know what the lord's put on your heart right now and so to to present yourself to your pastor and say hey father i want to help out here are some things i'm thinking about doing here's things i'm going to do these kinds of conversations are extremely helpful for the pastor.
0: Oh, they're music to a pastor's ears, right? Because what, what we typically hear, Mary can testify to this and do in parish ministry too, what we typically hear is, hey, why aren't you guys doing anything for, you know, fill in the blank? You know, like, you know, that's that old default mindset. Why aren't you guys doing anything for, mm, you know, and the response should be, that's an awesome idea. You should do that. You should lead that. I would love to bless that. Go for it. (laughs) So, so imagine this. So maybe we can let's create a hypothetical. So maybe you're a lay person right now. You're listening to this and you're like, you know what? I'd like to present myself to father. I don't think he knows my name um, let alone my gifting, which as you just said, Nick is, unfortunately it's understandable because of how our parishes are set up who can know, like you know six, eight, ten thousand people 's names, let alone all their giftings, so imagine you're you 're a person you feel the Lord tapping you on the shoulder right now to either stay in your lane, get in your lane. I want to do something. What is it that somebody might consider being able to do? you know um
2: at least from what I have been able to see and what i and what I have done from time to time in our home since uh, covid began is just a virtually host your small group so if you're in a small group when you are in the parish continue to host your small group but just move it online and i know it's not ideal um, but when you get together with your friends whether it's a parish group or it's a community group and you get a chance to talk and to pray together boy you know what you just it lessens that isolation so it might be like hosting um the search Right. Mm. So, so Augustine Institute has this wonderful new um, series called the search. Maybe you're familiar with alpha or maybe you've been through alpha and you want to start an alpha group and maybe it's the people in your neighborhood. Um, for, for women, it might be walking with purpose. You used to meet at the parish. Now you can meet online. For our brothers, uh, you might want to host that man is you or press into formed, you know, at Augustine Institute, they have an abundance of, of programs and scripture studies. But, but I just want to make this point too. And, and, and this is something that I think most of us will appreciate when we get together in these small groups, it's more than just about information transfer. Mm. Like, like, like we're trying to press into relationships. We're trying to continue to, to think with the mind of Christ and love with him from our hearts but for the purpose of transformation so that our lives are changed. And as Nick was just talking about that practical application, as I'm growing deeper and deeper in my friendship with the Lord, as I'm walking through all of these experiences in my small group, it's not for the purpose of staying in my holy huddle, right? It's for the purpose of going out and maybe inviting other people into that. So we're certainly feeding our souls, is deeply relational, but it is for the purpose of mobilizing the laity now, because we're uniquely poised to go out. So that's something, that's one thing we could
0: do. So everything's for the sake of mission, right? And so as I heard you speak in there, Mary, I mean, so people might be in parishes where these things used to be taking place, and now they're not because we can't gather, or they might be in parishes where none of these things have ever taken place, and now's the time to start them. And a couple of categories that you just mentioned, which are just worth making explicit, maybe you're in an area, maybe you're in an urban area where there's just a lot of young people and they don't know Jesus. And they're particularly unsettled by everything that's going in. Mm -hmm. This is an awesome time to step forward and go, hey, I would like to step forward and present myself as someone willing to host, probably virtually, but maybe in some parts of the country, it's small groups. Either search or alpha, which are particularly geared towards those, particularly geared, not only, who have yet to encounter Jesus. So the people who are anxious right now, fearful, boom, I want to do something. Or maybe it's you got a heart for men's ministry. That's that That man is you. Or you got a heart for women's ministry. That's walking with purpose or a multitude of other things that are out there. But the point, again, is it's all for the sake of evangelizing and sanctifying helping God to accomplish his desire, which is to get his world back, right? So there's, there's some things like that. There's, there's, some, there's some other things we can do too, right? We've seen people doing things like uh, live rosaries, right, on, uh, on Facebook or uh, the Chapel of the Divine Mercy or probably some other things too that I'm not thinking of.
2: Yeah, some folks had reached out and, and uh, had asked me to help them pray the divine office. So, you know you know, if you're already praying, you might already be praying, you know, with your family at home, but, but invite your friends in your community and maybe jump online in the morning and maybe do morning prayer together. You Mm -hmm. can find that in the Magnificat. Um, you, You jump online right before dinner and you do, and you do evening prayer. The point is behind all of this is to get connected, to reach out and don't live with the mindset, the expectation that abnormal that we walked away from to wait for the pastor and the staff to do this we can rise up we've been given those gifts and we take the initiative hmm. as lay people to step in and do what has always been our task beautiful right to go out and evangelize
1: mary that's awesome i was at, the word on my mouth I'm about to come with my tongue was initiative right so yeah. Uh, we we, said, we talked about priests and, and lay people and the collaboration and all these things. One thing I just want to really emphasize is you, tell your pastor you're doing something, invite him to promote it, but you don't need him to say yes or no to what you're doing. You have the authority from your baptism to proclaim Jesus's name and to do something. So, uh, you know, if, if you're part of a thriving or if what you might feel like is a dying parish, you can still do something. And so, very very simple. Pray, figure out your game plan. Maybe it's a little small six week study, from informed or something like that. Plan your time. Send an email to your pastor, Father Joe, three weeks from now on Wednesday nights at six p.m. I'm going to host a Lexio series through Augustine Institute, and I want you to know because if you want to invite people, Father, I would love to receive them. But if not, I'm still doing this with with my community. And guess what? He's either going to go. Praise the Lord and send people to you, or you're gonna go. I'm so glad that's happening. Thank you. Keep going, and that's and that's the end of it, right? And so I just want to emphasize whether or not your parish is 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 gonna like give explicit support and promotion or not. Go do it. Yeah, because what we're hearing from some people is
0: nothing's happening in my parish, which I mean I hear that and I I, I get sad when I hear that. But what that is, that's an indictment on everybody. Mm-hmm. What do you mean nothing's happening in your parish? Aren't you a part of the parish? Oh uh, yeah. What do you mean? Well, are you doing anything? Well, why would I be doing anything? Because <laughs> it's not my work to do anything. Well, yeah, it is. It's our work, right? We yeah. all work for the church. We all work for the church. That's, that's what happened by baptism, right? Mm. And so you, you talked about it from a, a layperson's perspective, from a pastor's perspective. You know, like start thinking about, hey, there's a couple of people I particularly want to reach out to who I know have heart for men, heart for women, heart for the lost. So maybe just one last thing, if I can, that that's so important, right? So especially right now, we're being mindful of those who are most at risk, which is by and large the elderly and the sick, those with pre-existing conditions. And tragically, simply because of the numbers in a parish, meaning there are so many people who belong to the parish and so few people who serve the parish, priests and staff, the people who often not just feel but are in fact neglected i mean i'm convicted of this even as i say this as a pastor um, are the people who are at home uh, who are elderly who are sick right now and so a great thing to do in this time maybe you maybe you don't have a desire to reach the lost or you don't have a heart for men's ministry or women's ministry maybe your desire is you just want to reach out to the people who are lonely maybe that's your particular charism i got a heart for mercy right
2: and that can be something as simple as a phone call.
0: Yeah. And so the suggestion you know? would be, I'm going I'm, to, I have like three or four friends who have a similar heart. We're going to call father because maybe I'm going to parish with no staff mm-hmm. or very few staff. And we just want to present ourselves and we want to say, father, I can only imagine all that's going on in your life right now and what you're trying to do. Would it be okay if we could get a roster of people in the parish that we can call, starting with those people who are, you know, the elderly or the sick, people who are in nursing homes or whatnot. Uh, and we just take it upon ourselves to reach out to them on behalf of the parish. And all we want to do is, how are you? Is there anything we can do for you? Like, do you need us to go shopping? Get some food? Is there anything in particular that we can pray for you for? Here's a, just a simple way Again, if you don't feel comfortable doing those other things, where you can, as Nick just said a moment ago, take the initiative, step into something. The key in all of this is the Lord is allowing this time. And this time is going to change forever how we do everything, including and perhaps especially for our purposes, huh, parish ministry and our understanding of our unique roles in the church. And it's a great opportunity for all of us to step into this to get into the lane or to stay in our lane and to do those things which god has uniquely called us to and equipped us to so in the midst of everything that's happening right now again though we don't know what the future holds we do know who holds the future and the one who holds the future is a good father who out of love for us sent his son who rescued us from the powers of evil and sin and death and hell. And he's the one who calls you by name. He's the one who desired you to be alive right now in this unique time. So no matter what's going on around us, do not be afraid. God is with you and you were born for this.